Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and follow your soul calling with crystals. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, I'm sharing the four best crystals to work with during the time of the full moon, and I'm also sharing my very own eight-card spread that kind of follows the energy of the lunar cycle and gives you a look at different aspects and areas of your life. So I'll teach you how to work with that spread, what each card represents, and also how to incorporate those four crystals for the full moon into your readings. But before we get started, I'd like to answer one of our listener questions. Remember, you can submit your own question anytime at loveandlightschool.com slash ask for the chance to have your question answered right here on the show. Today's question comes from Jan, and Jan asks, can I get a Super 7 crystal in raw form instead of tumbled, and if so, where? Jan, this is a great question. Um, I actually taught a little class about this, which is available on my website right now, loveandlightschool.com. You can just click the enroll button to check out our current classes. And I do have a class all about Super 7 because this is so widely incorrectly identified. It is commonly misidentified. Um, And I have actually studied with Melody, the author of the Love is in the Earth series of books, who has now at this time she has passed on. Um, She was an amazing inspiration in my life and a huge part of my journey as a crystal worker. In fact, the very first professional crystal healing training that I received was a Melody crystal training. So Melody... Um, who trademarked the name Super 7. This crystal is also called Melody's Stone. It's actually named after her because she is widely the one who really put a lot of uh, time and attention and energy into understanding this crystal, its properties, its geology, its makeup, and then sharing that information with the world. And sadly, especially since she has passed away, there's been this big resurgence in Super 7 on the market. And I would say like 98% of it that I see is not authentic Super 7. And the stuff that most people think of as Super 7 at this point is in fact not Super 7 at all. So I mentioned Super 7 is a trademarked crystal. Now, most of the time, I really have a hard time getting behind trademarking in the crystal industry. I generally think of it as honestly kind of a money grab. I don't think it's a very good practice um, ethically. I like to know what the crystals are exactly, what they're composed of, where they're mined. And a lot of trademarking is really done to give crystals different names rather than the actual name that they are. Um, For example, many of you are probably familiar with 
Mystic Merlinite, well, that's the trademark name for a crystal that is actually called Indigo Gabbro. And so it creates a lot of confusion in the industry. It's not great. And a lot of times you're not told what that stone actually is or where it comes from. And so you are dependent upon the trademarker to acquire that crystal. That means you have to go to them because they're the only ones that can sell that stone by that name. And since they're not giving you the information about it, it can be hard to find from other sources. So those are the kind of problems that I have with this in general as a practice. Melody, however, I once asked her about this. Why did you trademark the name? Because I had to know, right? Because I kind of, in general, have an issue with this practice. And she said, you know, I was just so tired of people selling other crystals as Super 7 when they didn't have the same components and they weren't from the same locality. Because as we know with crystals, they all have really unique vibrations and energies. And so a subtle change in the composition of the stone or the location of the stone means different geologic events could have gone into the formation of that crystal, means different trace minerals um, or components are going to be available in the different stones and the energies are different. And she said it was so frustrating because I was teaching people how to work with super seven crystals. And I was having a lot of people come to me saying, Melody, that, you know, it didn't work for me, that it didn't work out how you said. And she said it was because they'd show me their super seven and it wasn't in fact, super seven at all. And so I am seeing this, like I said, a huge resurgence of this on the market right now. Um, and largely because there's no one to enforce that trademark at this point since Melody has passed away. And so there's a lot of red-capped amethyst, both coming from Brazil and coming from Canada, on the market being sold as Super 7. And this is, in fact, not Super 7. It doesn't have all the same mineral inclusions of a true Super 7 stone. A true Super 7 stone contains gothite, cacoxinite, rutile, lepidocrosite, amethyst, clear quartz, and smoky quartz. So those are the seven minerals that should be in a Super 7 stone or a melody stone. I've seen a lot of just amethyst with cacoxinite and probably none of the other stuff being sold as Super 7. And then, like I said, also these red-capped amethyst, um, either from Brazil or from Canada, from the Thunder Bay area or Ontario area, where you see like these red-capped clusters or red-capped points. Here's the thing about Super 7 that Melody explained in her books, but also shared with us in our workshop time together, which is true super seven does not actually come in crystal points. You cannot get a point or a terminated crystal of true super seven because super seven as a material from the location it was discovered in went through this geothermal process where it was actually heated and cooled. So it actually kind of remelted and any points that were in the material kind of melted. And as it cooled again, the material was more massive. So it didn't have terminations. And I see over and over and over again, material on the market being called Super 7 that is 
being sold in these crystal points, a lot of them with those red caps on them. Now, although some of this material may look similar and it may even have some of the same components of Super 7, it's technically not true Super 7. So if you want an energy that's probably pretty close, pretty similar with some small differences, you could work with one of these crystals, but it's not going to be the same as the true authentic Super 7 from Minas Gerais in Brazil that has this history, this geologic history and formation behind it, along with this specific component of the seven minerals. Now, sometimes you'll see the term sacred seven used, and sacred seven can describe material that has the same components, but that's not from the same locality. Um, and so there are nearby areas in Brazil that may have these same seven minerals, but they didn't undergo the same geologic process in their formation. Maybe very similar, but not the same. And so those are sometimes called sacred seven, meaning that the seven minerals are present, but a little bit different locality and geologic events occurred in the formation of that stone. Now, there's nothing wrong with working with these crystals that aren't true Super 7. There's nothing bad about them. They're, they're not fake, per se. But what I have a really hard time with is when I see people selling these minerals at these prices that are really astronomical for material that is pretty common and widely available compared to Super 7 which is expensive primarily because it's no longer on the market. And the reason for that, as Melody explained to me some years ago, is that the mine where the Super 7 was actually from is now under a lake. The area used to have water kind of pumped out of it to get to the crystals and the owner of the land didn't want to deal with it anymore for a whole bunch of reasons, and decided to just let it fill back up with water and build a resort on it. Now, this is what I was told by Melody herself, who ought to know since she was the one that popularized this material. And so the reason that you do see some pretty sky-high prices for authentic Super 7 crystal is because it's just not available. Anything that you get at this point would be considered old stock. There's also some material that comes out of India that, again, has a similar composition. Sometimes you see this called like a Super 5 or a Super 6 or something like that. But again, a different geologic process, and these are often really elestiated crystals. You'll see these elestial formations of the material from India, and they're still quite beautiful. They're just not exactly the same as Super 7. So to get back to Jan's original question, where can I get a Super 7 crystal in raw form, not tumbled form? Well, to be honest, to get any authentic Super 7 at this point is incredibly difficult. I have seen a few pieces pop up on Etsy from time to time, but again, you really have to know what you're looking for if you want to get the authentic crystals. Now, if you don't mind getting something close, there are some other places um, that have, you know, Super 5, Super 6, 
uh, sacred seven, those would be the things to look for if you are unsure of how to identify a true super seven. And I would recommend exquisitecrystals.com. They have something called an almost super seven. And most of this is from India. You'll see um, the Indian material here with a lot of elustiation, super beautiful. It's from the Himalayas. You see a nice display of the different minerals that are present in that material. And again, it's not exactly the same, but it's pretty close. So they have some usually. And if you're looking for authentic Super 7, I have had luck in the past with two places um, who also have had some connection with Melody and her teaching in the past. So there is Crystal Works Gallery based out of Vancouver, BC, up in Canada. And you can find them online at crystalworks.ca for Canada. And they don't really have like much of an online shop. They have a few things listed there, but the owners are so, so friendly and nice. And you can usually contact them um, and ask if they would have anything in stock. There's also Hands of Spirit based out of Colorado here in the USA. You can find them online at handsofspirit.com. And they do have some things listed for sale online. But again, you can also contact them and see if they would have any authentic Super 7 in stock. Now, the last big known batch of Super 7 that I ever saw, that I ever saw anyone have access to was when Melody was selling off the last of what she had and she sold it to a buyer out of Japan um, who has really done a great job at carrying on Melody's work and her legacy. And so um, there is a potential to kind of track that down and find a little bit of it online as well. But even that was quite a few years ago at this point. So finding that authentic Super 7 online can be quite difficult. So Dan, I hope that that helps a bit. If you want to learn more about Super 7, like I mentioned, I do have a class all about Super 7, how to identify it, how to compare it to uh, imposters. We won't call them fakes because they're not fake crystals. They're just not true Super 7. So how to compare authentic Super 7 crystals to imposters. I have that available on my website right now, loveandlightschool.com. And in fact, when this episode is, airs for the first time, uh, we'll actually be offering our annual BOGO sale on all of our classes. So this is a great time to enroll in a class, see what classes we have offered right now. We have some smaller classes starting at just $19. It's kind of fun, so you can mix and match, and all of them are currently buy one, get one free. Now, in Jan's question submission, she also added a little note that she would love to learn more about some crystals recommended for Reiki. So Jan, I just wanted to give you one quick suggestion um, and work with clear apophyllite. Clear apophyllite is actually known as the Reiki master stone, kind of unofficially. It has this beautiful energy to it, and it's really good for projecting energy. So it forms these kind of little natural pyramidal type shapes. Um, it's great for, again, amplifying, projecting energies. So it works perfectly when paired with distance healing and energy healing. 
and it's great for adding to your Reiki practice, especially if you're doing a lot of your work distantly right now due to COVID. So check that out, Clear Apophyllite. Um, The best Apophyllite, in my opinion, comes from India, and you can find just some exquisite specimens. Sometimes you'll see um, large clusters of apophyllite with some other little minerals like calcite or stilbite, which is kind of a peach color and forms these beautiful little bow ties. Sometimes you'll see those just labeled in their mineral group as zeolites. Um, zeolite isn't just one type of stone. It's a group of minerals that includes a lot of those minerals that commonly form together in India that are really stunningly beautiful. So keep an eye out for those. You can find them at most rock shops, new age stores, and I've even seen some pictures lately, um, of people online finding them at places like home goods. So really you can find them just about anywhere. Well, thank you again to Jan for the excellent questions. And remember, if you have a question that you'd like me to answer for you about crystals, spirituality, or anything else you're curious about right now, let me know over at loveandlightschool.com slash ask. And now it's time to dive into our main topic for today, the four best crystals to work with during the time of the full moon. So you've heard me talk a lot about the moon on the podcast, and it's because just as much as crystals, it has become such an important influence in my life. And the time of the full moon is the time when it's kind of at its peak. That lunar energy is at its peak, and it's a great time to engage your intuition and use your psychic gifts like clairvoyance and clairaudience. It's also a good time to be on the lookout for any signs or symbols that might present themselves to you. So maybe you keep seeing a specific number over and over. Maybe you come across an animal archetype. These are all things to be mindful of during this time of the full moon as they may be trying to get your attention and get you to really tap into your intuition and inner guidance. The energy of the full moon is incredibly powerful and a lot of people feel a little bit exhausted during this time so remember just to be gentle with yourself during these few days and really let yourself kind of be immersed in the energy of the moon and soak in these feelings of kind of wholeness that the full moon carries so when we think of the full moon and the energies that it's connected with we think of achievement completion dreams flow intuition, manifestation, power, protection, and wholeness. So this is the time where you really need to let yourself go with the flow rather than fighting the things that are being revealed. A lot of times when our intuition is heightened, when our inner guidance is really fully engaged and we listen to our inner voice, we hear things or see things that we might not otherwise notice. And so rather than fighting against them or, you know, doubting yourself, really allow yourself to be in flow with this energy and with the wisdom that's coming through and take some time to just allow any sensations of wholeness and completion kind of wash over you during this time of heightened energy and manifestation as things are moving into alignment. So although manifestation and manifesting usually takes center stage during the time of the full moon, there's another important aspect 
to the energy of this moon phase that you should not overlook. So the bright light of the full moon, which is really just reflected light from the sun, illuminates things that might otherwise be hidden to you. So it calls your attention to any potential roadblocks or challenges that, if you left unchecked, could slow down your progress. Now, this isn't to say that these things have to come to pass. It's just a reminder that if you remain on your present path, they could be issues. But luckily, the full moon is also known for its protective qualities. So through a little ritual and some course corrections and some intuitive guidance, you can head off any potential troubles before they become problems. Now, finally, the full moon is a powerful time for divination work. Because you have this heightened intuition during this period, you'll feel a lot more connected to your divination practice and be able to more easily interpret the results. So this is a great time for any type of divination work, including cardamancy, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But before I get there, let's dive into these four best crystals for working with the full moon and why I recommend them. And these four crystals are pulled straight from my book, Cosmic Crystals, Rituals and Meditations for Connecting with Lunar Energy. So the first crystal I recommend for working with during the time of the full moon is amethyst. And people have been working with amethyst to connect with intuition and psychic skills since the time of the ancient Romans. So you can incorporate amethyst into your full moon divination practice for some ease in helping you decipher the messages and information that you receive. Because I know sometimes, you know, getting started with something like runes or tarot cards or pendulum work, you know, it all seems pretty straightforward until it comes time to interpret the results. And then you can get a little stuck. Well, amethyst can really help you there while you tap into your intuition and interpret what you're finding from your reading. Alternatively, you can also call upon amethyst protective abilities and charge your crystal with full moon energy to create a powerful protective talisman if you feel that that's really what you need. The second crystal I like to work with during the time of the full moon is labradorite. Now, labradorite is a really mystical stone that gets its brilliant flash from reflected light, kind of similar to how the full moon is illuminated by the reflected light from the sun. So the energy of labradorite and the energy of the full moon are really like these kindred spirits and they work really harmoniously together. So you can bring some labradorite in to enhance any full moon rituals or activities that you might have planned. And we have an upcoming full moon on November 30th, and I know I'll be incorporating some lab into my ritual that night. You can also use labradorite during the full moon to facilitate lucid dreaming or to promote really insightful and intuitive dreams. So if you're looking for some messages to come to in the dream state, just tuck a piece of labradorite in your pillowcase or better yet, you can create a really simple rectangular grid using four pieces of labradorite and placing one in each corner around your bed. Now, the third crystal I recommend to work with during the full moon phase is rainbow moonstone. And I want to share something here that you might not know. This might blow your mind a little bit. I know it did for me when I learned this, but rainbow moonstone isn't actually moonstone at all. 
In fact, it's a white variety of labradorite. So they're actually the same stone, but where labradorite has flashes of color on a dark gray colored matrix, rainbow moonstone has flashes of color on a light white colored matrix. So rainbow moonstone works really similarly to labradorite for dream work but it also encourages you to stay in flow with the lunar cycle all month long. Now, some people tend to notice only the full moon, right? They only notice the moon when it's full, or they only talk about like full moon rituals or cleansing with the full moon. And it's definitely probably the most popular phase for people to connect with. But then you miss out on the true benefits of really living in tune with the moon all cycle long. So when you work with Rainbow Moonstone, it helps you cultivate a lasting lunar practice that will serve you throughout the lunar cycle. Now the fourth crystal is White Moonstone. This is actually a member of the Orthoclase Feldspar group of minerals, which is different from Rainbow Moonstone, which is actually a member of the Labradorite Feldspar group, like we just talked about. And with its really soft white shimmer, it's no wonder that it was named for its resemblance to the moon. Now, this crystal mimics the energy of wholeness and completion that are embodied by the moon when it's in its full moon phase. So if you feel like there's something that's kind of been missing from your life, or you're really searching for more fulfillment, try wearing or carrying a white moonstone to help draw it into you. This crystal has a really dynamic, feminine, and receptive energy that makes it great for helping with manifesting. Now, because the full moon is a time of heightened intuition and enhanced psychic skills, like I mentioned earlier, one of the best ways to connect with its energy in an easy full moon ritual is through divination. And I find particularly, I love to do a little cardamancy at the time of the full moon. So cardamancy is just the ancient art of card reading divination. So things like tarot and Lenormand are some of the most popular historical systems of card reading, but many modern mystics and intuitives also just use oracle cards. So I want to share my eight card spread with you that you can try on the evening of the full moon to provide some insight into the time between this full moon and the next full moon. And you can repeat this reading each full moon for a look at the month ahead. So you're going to start by shuffling a deck of your favorite cards. Of course, crystal themed cards are great for this. And you're going to place eight cards in a circle, starting at the 12 o'clock position and then continuing around clockwise until you've pulled eight cards. Then you can use the meaning of the card positions that I'm about to share with you combined with the symbols, words, and imagery from each card that you pull to put everything into context. And if you want to take a moment to go over to the website, go to loveandlightschool.com blog and check out this blog post, the four crystals to amplify the energy of the full moon you'll also see a great graphic of this card spread that I've made for you. And you can save that. You can pin it to a Pinterest board. I even have some cloth versions of this 
um, that are printed on these big, beautiful cloths. If you'd like, you know, more of a traditional card spread altar cloth to work with, you can find those there too. But you can also just print out this image or like I said, save it to Pinterest um, or save it to your computer because it'll really help walk you through these eight cards, especially since this is a practice you may want to come back to again and again. So we're going to start with card one. This is the one at the 12 o'clock position. Now this card corresponds to the phase of the new moon. Now, even though we're doing this reading at the time of the full moon, the reason we start with our new moon card is because this is the beginning of the lunar cycle each month. So we're kind of building the energy just as the energy builds in the moon during the time of the lunar cycle going from the new moon to the full moon. So this is our first card corresponding to the new moon. So this card represents new beginnings and new opportunities that are on the horizon. Then we place our next card and I like to do this one on kind of a 45 degree angle. Again, moving around the circle in a clockwise direction. So this card would correspond to the waxing crescent phase. And this card represents the things that you're actively manifesting into your life right now. The next card, card three, represents the first quarter moon. And this one's kind of at a 90 degree angle to that very first card. So it's kind of in the three o'clock position. And this card represents things that need to be communicated, especially things related to friendships, or relationships. The next card, card four, connects with the waxing gibbous moon phase, and it gives you advice about things that you need to consider when making an important upcoming decision. Card number five connects with the full moon, and this will go at the six o'clock position. This card reveals things that you know to be true intuitively, but that you may be ignoring or reluctant to admit. Remember, we talked about how the full moon is a time where a lot of things are kind of being revealed. Card number six connects with the waning gibbous moon phase, and this card is a reminder of things that you might need to reflect on at this time to give you a little bit of perspective. Next is card seven. This card represents the last quarter moon and it's at the nine o'clock position. And this card shows you areas of your life where you'd benefit from some more independence. It's really helpful to just see where you can kind of branch out and grow. And finally, for the last card in the spread, we have card eight, which corresponds to the waning crescent moon. And this card represents things that need to be released from your life right now before you can move forward, before that new moon cycle begins. So this about sums it up. And again, if you want to grab that printable or pinnable image, head over to loveandlightschool.com slash blog. You'll see it there for you. And if you visit this blog, I also have a special little freebie that I made for you. It's my full moon guidebook. So this is a super little quick, just couple page guidebook that gives you a really beautiful way to remember some of these full moon energies, gives you tips on a quick full moon ritual, and also a reminder of some of my favorite crystals for the full moon. And there's a piece of artwork that I did, a little digital art coloring page 
that has a beautiful Luna moth and some moon vases. So it's a really fun printable coloring page if you find yourself stuck at home and needing something relaxing to do. So be sure to check that out. Again, you can find it at loveandlightschool.com slash blog in the blog post that's called Four Crystals to Amplify the Energy of the Full Moon. So that is it for our main segment, but now I'm super excited to share our trending this week segment. So as you know, each week I bring you a quick discussion on something that's happening in the world of crystal healing or spirituality right now, or just something that I'm really loving that I want to share with you. So this week I want to share the work of an amazing artist, Andrea, from Fractalista. So you can find her work at fractalistadesigns.com. And the thing that I love so much that she does um, is she makes these beautiful laser etched pieces of artwork. And you'll see her work on everything from selenite to agate slices, labradorite, opal, so many beautiful pieces. And she has some fantastic designs, including some amazing, amazing lunar phase designs. But the thing I'm personally most excited about right now is her Sagittarius collection. So she releases these beautiful zodiac designs as we move into the time of each sign. And I've been patiently waiting until we get to the time of my sign. So her Sagittarius collection was just released and she has a few different designs that are on beautiful pieces of agate, selenite, notebooks and journals and mugs. And I actually just ordered myself a really cute Sagittarius t-shirt, which I'm super excited about. Um, and I just wanted to share her work with you because it is beautiful. She also creates some really cool lamps that are unlike anything I've seen before. Um, they're really, really cool designs. She'll take like, uh, one of those large mineral lamps and do this laser etching with beautiful mandalas or moon phases. And then when they're illuminated, that design really shines through. So you can find tons of cool things on her website, fractalistadesigns.com for yourself, for some holiday gift giving, and she even offers things at wholesale. So if you have your own crystal shop, whether it's a small shop or a big shop, she does have some wholesale options available as well if you want to carry some of her amazing work in your shop. So again, be sure to check out fractalistadesigns.com or you can find her on Instagram at fractalista. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's show. If you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com blog. And if you did enjoy the show today, as always, the absolute biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and a review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. And this really means so much to me. I read every one of these reviews as they come in. And the more reviews we have, the more it kind of bumps us up in the iTunes feed and helps other crystal lovers find the show. So I wanted to give a shout out today to Greg Meg, who says, Crystal Info Addicts, click here. I really enjoy this podcast. Lots of information and the host's voice is easy to listen to. <laughs> well, thank you for saying so. Sometimes I wonder, but I appreciate that. 
The episodes are just long enough to hold your attention, but not long enough to put you to sleep. Definitely recommend if you're interested in crystals. So Greg Meg, thank you so much for taking the time to leave that review. Really means a lot to me and helps other crystal lovers find the show. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Connect with us online at loveandlightschool.com or on social at loveandlightschool.com.